eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to BXB, the Yankees podcast, Bronx Baseball. It's from Odyssey from WFAN, along with my co-host, Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks for joining us. We are joined by our special guest, another Pennsylvania guy, Keith. Yeah. Uh, and one of your colleagues at MLB Network. He is former Mets catcher, former catcher for, I think, five different teams. Uh, now you see him on MLB Network. Anthony Recker joins us. Rec, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. I'm doing well. It is uh, late morning already. Got the kids off to school, and let's do this. Let's get to work. Uh, I'm ready to talk some Yanks. I got. I mean, Keith looks like he's ready. I mean, he's. Got I hate a- that you called it late morning. What's <laughs> late? Is. Late morning was Come when on, I went man. to sleep at three thirty. This is early morning. Uh, hey, hey. I was I, just I, in the I bed. appreciate. I appreciate your grind. I do. I, I get it. I appreciate it. I've been up since I don't know six o'clock. So. I'm on. I'm on my grind. I got the kids off the school. I made. I fed mouths. I'm. I'm good to go. Let's do this. We got. I got my. I got a different grind because there is no school today in this district. So as soon as we finish uh, up here, I've got a few more different. You know, I've got. I've got to think about lunch. I got to think about everything else. Where this. This is the grind, baby. This is the grind. This is the off season grind. Um, so listen, we'll get into, you know, Keith and I'll get into a lot of Yankee stuff coming up too, but I just want to get your take first before, you know, uh, while we get started with you, Aaron judge is on the tour. Uh, and we know it's starting in San Francisco. We don't know where else it's going to go. Um, what's your read on this? You were, I mean, you were available, I think at some point to be a free agent, but not quite the same kind of free agent as Aaron judge. What's your take on, on how he's going about the tour right now? He's doing his due diligence, right? Uh, if you're a, a smart businessman, if you're a, I mean, a, an intelligent free agent in baseball, you're going out and you're seeing what's out there. It doesn't matter if you know where you're going to end up. It doesn't matter if you, you know, want to be somewhere. You got to hear what's out there. Let teams wine and dine you. Let them take you out. Let them show you everything. I mean, put on the presentation. This is what we could do for you. This is what we're going to surround you there with. This is how many years we want you to be around and we're going to make you this in, in on our social media platforms and we're going to market you this way. All that fun stuff and fly you on the personal, you know, on the private jets. And that's all I, I got to do none of that. So good for you, Aaron Judge. That's awesome. You're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars. Very excited. Seriously, this guy put himself in a great spot. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Um, you know, go do your thing. Let the Giants take you out. Wine you, dine you, anybody else. Who cares? I don't know. Rangers, Dodgers, uh, I don't know what teams have been even, 
I would imagine any team would want to have Aaron Judge, just not that many can sign him. So realistically, look, I'm I'm all for it. Go do your thing. In the long run, though, I gosh, like if he ends up anywhere but in the Bronx, I will be I will be shocked. I mean, you, you talk about Freddie Freeman last year and that divorce it played out and eventually you could see it coming. I don't think there's a scenario where I could see a divorce coming for Aaron judge. If he gets announced to a different team, it doesn't matter what the process is along the way. I don't care if, you know, how comes out and comes out and says, Oh, we, we, I don't know if we can afford him. Like I still won't see it coming. I still will believe he's going to be a Yankee until that last second when he signs. So to me, I, I don't know how it goes any other way. Um, basically because, if the Yankees let him walk, like Keith, come on, man. Like, I mean, you're in the bleachers. Like what are, what are you, what are you going to do? What, what are, is, what, what are those no, people out there in the bleachers going to do? There is no 2023 like, without Aaron judge. No one is 100%. able to even process it. So exactly. He's coming so that's, back. that's, we, that's, we just got to go through the process. We got to yes. let him go and see yes. other places. I mean, you, you don't know what you got until you go check somewhere else. And you're like, wait, you guys don't have this machine. Or you don't have this thing we have in our clubhouse? Okay, noted. Um, here's a question for you. There's a lot to be said about this tour that Aaron Judge is on. He is a free agent. He's not a Yankee right now. And I feel like uh, players past and present speak a lot about getting to free agency and like how important it is to get the highest offer for the players that are coming behind you. Is that something that while you were playing and even right now was talked about amongst players like, hey, these big fish got to go out there and reset the market every winter these big fish gotta go out there and see what's out there from all of these teams for the future of the game yeah when, when you're talking about the players association and some of those meetings and yeah that's the that's typical typical conjecture i mean that's what guys are talking about that's going on that's um from my standpoint like I love those guys getting their money and getting these huge contracts at the same time. I was like, man, save some of that for like the little guy guys. Like, come on, like just tax that a little bit and give it to me or something. I don't know. Um, but realistically, yeah, that's, that's been something that's been going on forever. Uh, you listen to guys like, you know, Max Scherzer it is a prominent voice among the player association last year going into uh, his free agency and and what he ended up getting. And then you hear him talk in interviews this off season. And it's, yeah, like I went out there looking to do damage on that front because I know what that represents for the rest of the players and their pool. And I mean, look at what Jacob deGrom has an opportunity to do now this year, go out and one up that. Now at some point does that, you know, is it, I'm a little bit more realistic because I never even got close to even dreaming of that kind of money. So I have a little bit of that, you know, I don't know what it's, I, I don't want to call it like a fan mentality, but you know, like I, I don't, at some point, like, are you really worth $45 million this year? I don't know. Like yeah. I didn't think Scherzer was worth 43 before, before he signed his deal on an AAV. So when you talk about that big money, it gets a little bit, it's tough to swallow even for me, but at the same time, I understand the economics and the way that it works out. You know, we saw the minimum raise, by uh, what 175,000 or whatever it was coming into this year. It was, it was a big race uh, and that was a part of the CBA, but that's the precedent that helps set those kinds of, of dollars for those guys. So um, it's definitely something that's talked about. And it's definitely something that is, is believed throughout. I, I would say the majority of players, 
I think for guys like me and guys at times, even with a brain, they realize that, okay, there's only so much money to go around. So if it's all going to one place, there may not be that much left for me. You mentioned DeGrom, and he's kind of interesting because not only because of Scherzer, the contract you talk about, but because of his health situation. Okay, the Yankees are checking in. I don't. I think it's really just a check-in. Uh, but I made the point on SNY last night that you know it's he's only worth a multi-year deal to the Mets and nobody else because if you go somewhere else, he's got no bank with the Yankees, the Rangers, anybody else where. It's always it's going to be nothing but an overpay for those guys if they don't get a fully healthy Jacob Degrom. If the Mets sign Degrom to a multi-year deal, you can at least rationalize and say, "Listen, he's ours. We probably underpaid him for a lot of the stuff he's done before, and you kind of, you don't feel quite as bad because you brought back your own guy." Um, wondering what you what your feeling is about where he is right now in relation to what he can get, what his health is, and and if it's if it's anywhere but the Mets at this point. Yeah, I understand what you mean. Um, from a marketing standpoint for the Mets, it's very easy to say, yeah, we gave this guy 40 plus million dollars a year, 45 million a year, because look at what he's meant to us for the past eight years and look at what he can do for us moving forward. And so, yeah, there's def- it's, it's an easier pill to swallow when it comes to the amount of money, the AAV and, and presenting that to your fan base. Uh, you know, look, I don't think any fan base would be upset if their team signed Jacob DeGrom, but if they signed him to 45 mil a year and then he got hurt or then he couldn't go out there and perform and then they didn't have money to spend elsewhere to make their team good, that that front office would face, hey, you're gone. See you later. We're, we're, we're starting fresh. So, yeah, there's that perspective, I think, from the Mets where it makes more sense for them to be able to sign him to a multi-year deal. All that said... To me, when I think about this whole situation, I am more of the ilk that there's a good chance he does end up somewhere else because I think there's a curiosity on his part. And this isn't me. I haven't, I haven't talked to him specifically about this. But I think there's a curiosity to see what else is out there from an organizational standpoint. And I mean that in you know, a sense. I mean that sensitively because what the Mets have become with Steve Cohen in charge is a team that should be and will be competing every year. So it's not like he's going to go out searching for a championship somewhere else because he doesn't think he can win it with the Mets. I don't believe that's the case. I do believe there could be some of, okay, I've seen this market. I've seen how it works. I've seen how it played out. Um, I made a lot of money here. I can make a lot of money here. But what if I go to Texas or what if I go to LA or what if I go to you know, Sandy, I think there's a lot of teams, uh, the Giants, if they don't end up with Judge, where are they going to spend that money? Would they want to go? They're not going to have Rodon next year, probably. Are they going to go and spend a couple years on Jacob DeGrom for, you know, a, a big amount of money? Maybe. I don't know. So I think there's a curiosity on his part to maybe explore that. Uh, the only thing I will say is that, look, with his family and being from Florida, having spring training in Florida, I think that's a big deal. Uh, you know, living in living in Texas. And no st- sales tax no, or no, no state tax. I'm sorry. Does that help? Yeah, probably. I mean, you can make a lot more money there. Uh, I don't know if that's the top priority. I think he wants to cement his legacy. I think he wants to be still a great, uh, one of the great of the greats. And I think to do that, he's going to need the right organization. Is that the Mets moving forward? It certainly can be. If he brings a championship here, it will be. But is there somewhere else he could do that? Absolutely. So I don't think it puts anything else out of reach for him in his mind. Here's a question for you. It's going to be a little long winded, but it's just uh, 
putting all my thoughts together. We're talking about the Mets. We're talking about the Yankees is a Yankee podcast. Um, a clip emerged on Twitter. I forget who posted it, but uh, it was an interview with George Steinbrenner on WFAN from 1990. Yeah. And I mean, that's before my time, but I laugh because he talked about, you know, the Mets and how there's a competitive team uh, four miles away from here ran by Freddie Wilpon and some other thing he said about the Mets back then. And now fast forward to where we are in this offseason. We just got past two weeks of possible collusion. The Mets and Yankees are clear to collusion. Uh, there's a new soccer arena going up, rumors of a casino. I mean, here's the question. Do you think this is good for baseball? I think it is. Having two New York teams – uh, with money that can spend, right, that, uh, you know, have a new George Steinbrenner and how Hal Steinbrenner's son in the market. I feel like now in this last week, you've heard that the Yankees have checked in on everybody. The Mets are in on everybody. Uh, do you think this is good for the state of baseball moving forward? And which team in New York do you think actually gets back to the World Series first? 100% this is great for baseball. Um, anytime that baseball can be in the news, specifically, obviously, for positive things. I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, any news is good news or any you know publicity is good. I, that's not how I feel about it. But when you talk about these two teams and what they can mean to this area and the way that baseball is revered in this area, and I'm not even just going to say New York. I mean, this is these two teams, well, the Yankees are, are a worldwide brand, right? I mean, they, their reach is, is never ending. And the Mets are in a position right now where they could try to establish something along those lines. Are they going to be the Yankees in five years? No, not from that perspective. Are they going to be spending money in that perspective? Yes. And could that increase their reach? Does that increase baseball's reach? Kids in New Jersey, kids in Connecticut, kids in Vermont, New Hampshire. I mean, you know, when I talk about what this could do and, and, the future of baseball, you know, you hear all this stuff about baseball's dying, baseball's dead, whatever. This is the type of thing that really can continue to develop baseball in areas where maybe it hadn't been growing at the pace that it used to. And so I love it. I think it's great for baseball, uh, spending money and, and, and being exciting, being in the news, being relevant to teams. I think there should be and can be more of a competitiveness between the two. You've seen lately that it's kind of become like, Oh no, that's our brother to the North. That's our brother to the South. Like, and, and there's some relationships there, right? Like Billy Epler comes from the tree, right? Like, so I get it. I would like Buck to see Showalter there be a little too. bit more. What's that? Buck Showalter too. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so I, I, I would like to see there be a little bit more of like a, you know, Oh, we checked on it on Jacob DeGrom. Oh, the Mets, are they going to check in on Aaron judge? Like, no, I want to see them actually say, yeah, we're putting an offer in front of them. Like, I just, I, I, I think that would bring up so much more that baseball fans could talk about. It would make things more relevant uh, in the off season when things are slow, like they are right now. But yes, uh, having two great New York franchises who are going to be competing every year is fantastic. Now, moving forward, this is, I think, at the tail end of your question. Moving forward, I actually really like where the Yankees are situated for winning more immediately. And I say that because when you look at the Mets roster and the roster turnover that they're going to have this year and free agency, there's names out there. There's great names out there, really good players. If you don't sign 
if you're the Mets, I, I think you have and you had holes on your roster, and then you lost so many players, or you could lose so many players. You have a lot to make up for because you don't have the minor league organization right now bringing depth and talent up to fill in even that those swingman kind of roles. And so because you don't have that, you have to go out and buy it all until you're ready. They're building that. That's coming three, four years down the line. The Mets are going to be positioned very well. The Yankees have more depth right now, especially really on all fronts. And I think all they need – and, and I saw it last year before the season started. I saw it the year before that, before the season started. Are they going to do it? They just have to fill some of those holes. They've had holes on their roster every year. Are they going to actually fill them? Or are they going to try to say, oh, we'll wait till July and make a trade? Well, you didn't last year. And, you know, like, I mean, you made a couple, but nothing that really filled those voids. And so you ended up losing. So are you going to do that this offseason? Are you going to be the Yankees, make a couple big signings and say, yes. We are here. We're going to win the title. If they do that, I think they're more poised and ready to win next year than the Mets are. Even with the Astros in the way, even with all these NL East teams getting to the World Series wreck? Yeah. I mean, hey, look, this is for me. I look at organizations from a depth standpoint and the Yankees. It's been a few years since they've had um, quality players on that brink, ready to come up. And then we saw it this past year. They were bringing up position players who had made it. They, they, they did something. There was a spark to them. They, they helped this team down the stretch when they really needed it. Uh, the pitching hasn't quite come along the way that we thought with guys like Davey Garcia and Clark Schmidt. Schmidt had some, you know, look, he contributed last year. Is Davey Garcia or some of these other names going to contribute a little bit more? Maybe. I don't know. But I traded just think them all. We traded players. them all away, Rec. We traded all the young kids away. We traded some of them away. You still got plenty of talent. There's yeah. plenty. Of no, I know. That's why they traded them. <laughs> they don't. Trade, yeah, they don't trade that many without knowing they have more in reserve. A hundred percent. And I think I, I just really think the Yankees are better poised. I, look, I love the NL East. I think it's fantastic. I think the Mets are going to have their hands full. I think the AL East is great too. I mean, come on. Like Toronto's going to go out and spend money. Baltimore is on the rise. Boston, man. I, I honestly, and this isn't because I'm on a Yankees podcast. I didn't like him coming into the season. I don't like where they're at as a, from a roster standpoint. They don't have talent come up from minor leagues. They need to go out and spend similar to the way the Mets do to do it. And are they going to? They haven't shown any willingness to, to do that. Keep their so own to me, guys. The Yankees are better positioned. Right. Um, what's that? They've got to keep spend to keep their own guys. One hundred percent. And so I just I think the Yankees are really well positioned. Um, you know, and by the way, if anyone brings up the Rays, I'm sorry. I wasn't a fan of them before this past season. I wasn't even a fan of them before that when they had success. They're good. They're never going to be great. It's just not in the cards. Like they could have a magical run one season. No one will see it coming great, but realistically they're not going to compete year after year with the Yankees. So I think the Yankees are just better poised right now to have success more immediately. And yeah, the Astros are great. That pitching is fantastic. The Yankees have good pitching. I mean, look at the numbers last year. Their numbers were great. If they can get one more piece in that rotation and fix a little bit of that bullpen, I think their pitching's fantastic. Then you just need one or two more bat, like big bats, and you're there. You're there. I've got one more for you, Rick, because I know you got to go. Um, this is a guy, Brandon Nimmo is a guy who you've seen a lot of during your time with SNY with the Mets. Yep. Uh, the Yankees have, you know, Ben Tendy's a free agent. They only saw him for a little bit. He's still a player of interest. Nimmo seems to be a guy who early word has it getting a contract that I don't think any of us saw really coming. Right. Uh, I don't know. 
I feel like he could be an upgrade for the for the Yankees. I feel like he's a guy who could fit for the Yankees. Probably uh, the best way to put it as an opening in left field, a guy who bats lefty is an on base guy. But he scares me a little bit too. He's got an injury history. I think of the the contract he might get. I think of the type of player he is. I, I keep thinking Jacoby Ellsbury, and it scares me. So. Um, as I agree with Keith, because we've talked about this, there is no version of the Yankees offseason that exists that doesn't have Aaron Judge coming back and can be considered a success. No, you can sign eight other guys and it's not going to be a success if Judge isn't one of them. But as you move past that hole and move to other guys, is Nimmo somebody that can make the Yankees better? Yes. Yes. Um, should they sign him? I, I, I don't know. But would he make them better? hundred percent. It's, it's without a doubt the way this guy goes about his business. And the reason I'll, I'll just bring that Jacoby Ellsbury thing back and kind of toss. It. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Brandon Nimmo is, I don't know Jacoby well enough, but Brandon Nimmo is of the character and of the ilk that you're not going to outwork him. Um, you're not gonna, he's never going to say the wrong thing in a press conference. He's never going to be the guy who causes a distraction on or off the field. He's never going to, he's never going to detract from your team ever. Um, you think about him in a Mets uniform and it, there was some talk, you talk about defensively. Well, look, now he's one of the better center fielders in the game. They figured out some things. He plays deeper. He comes in on the ball. He always came in on the ball. Well, so they play him deeper that center field in Yankee stadium. Would he be a long-term fit for the Yankees in center field? Maybe Harrison Bader is their long-term fit. Yeah, I don't know, but I still like him. And, and if he ends up moving to a corner spot, left field in particular, obviously he doesn't have a, a great arm. The arm's better than people say, but he doesn't have a great arm. So being in left is fine. In that lineup, like you're talking about a guy who doesn't go through slumps because he puts together great ABs. Like one of the things I loved about the Yankees lineup a couple of years ago, and the name is, 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 uh, I'm not getting it right now. It was an outfielder, um, played part-time, ended up going to the Giants. Uh, uh, minor Talkman. league guy, oh, Talkman. Talkman. like put together great, great ABs every time he was in there. So that was why I loved him as a, like a depth piece. Well, Brandon Nimmo does that, but he also can hit home runs. He also comes up with big hits. He also goes the other way really well. He's a professional hitter. The more of those kind of guys you have in your lineup in today's game, we know that was a big thing this year. Put the ball in play. Makes, I mean, look, he strikes out. But he gets on base. I mean, this guy gets on base at a 380-plus clip for his career. He's had years at 400. This guy makes your team better. If you can get him, bring him in, and have him be a part of this roster, part of this lineup every day or even 140 games a year, you can rest him occasionally. Like I'm not worried about the injury history. He's an athlete. Yes. Have there been some injury history? Is, is there some injury history? Yes. Has he missed like large chunks of season or entire seasons? No. Like He's missed some time. A month here – couple weeks here, whatever. I get it. But realistically, if you're not counting on him to be that defensive center fielder and you're just counting on him to be a part of this lineup, particularly come October, they can figure out a way to make sure he's healthy come October and this guy will perform for you. And yeah, it sets the table, assuming you've got Judge back, you already have Rizzo back and you have the right pieces in the middle of Stanton, of course, in the middle of that lineup, you stagger some of those pieces so that it's not, you know, all or nothing guys back to back to back and you put guys like Nimmo in the middle there. And now you've got a lineup that is just super dangerous and consistent. And that was the Yankees problem last year. They weren't consistent. And so therefore you bring a guy in who is the model of consistency. And yeah, your team gets a lot better. Nimmo's leading off for the Yanks. What are you talking about? 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I'm all for it. I really am. He would be their best leadoff hitter in. So Judge doesn't have, have to lead off. He would right? have like, to be in addition to Judge. That's it's kind of my point. Like you can't yes. say, okay, Judge is gone. We're gonna have no, like that's a disaster. No, 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 no. That is no, a disaster. No. Yeah. No, I don't. That that's not a good. You need Judge back. You, you Imagine need them trying to spin that's that. Your <laughs> that's hilarious, Sweeney. <laughs> Here's Brandon Nimmo in right field. Yeah. Hey, the Nimmo fans, chamber. get excited. The this Nimmo guy's Nimmo. really exciting to watch play. I mean, he is, but he's not in judge. Come on. Uh, Sorry, great. Brandon, if you're he watching, I love you. You know I do, but. You remember, you remember Boris's finding Nimmo thing last, a couple of weeks ago? They can turn the judges' chambers into a fish tank. And uh, make yeah, that. Yeah. Can we not? I, I don't want to give that guy any more, like, he gets enough. <laughs> oh, like, uh. Proud of Alvernia College, or is it a university now? Alvernia University. It is a university now. Oh, yeah. Back in my day, it was Alvernia College. So Alvernia University. I'm, but I'm a we are guy too. So there you go. That's it. That's my Capoletti right there. Um, Rec, thanks for uh, all the time. Appreciate it. Happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And I hope we get a chance to check you again. You're on MLB Network all off season as well. So we'll catch you there. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Guys, Rec. Thank you, man. Appreciate bro. it. Appreciate it. Was fun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law all right, he saw off your off base partner, yeah, uh, Anthony, and I think he was on base with quite a lot of the things that he was talking about. He Wreck is great from Wreck. The guy doesn't miss. He could talk baseball all day. Obviously, he's a former player, so he's got deeper insight than you or I. And uh, I'm glad he able was able to give us uh, some time this morning. That was a uh, another good pull, Sweeney Murdy, bringing in all the guests. I don't, I don't have any clout out here, and even if no, I you, do, right, like Wreck, I could have probably reached out to Wreck. I've done. I don't know, five to 10 shows with him on MLB Network, but I wasn't even thinking to be like, yo, Rec, can you come on the pod? Good guess. Uh, that's, that's all I do, man, is I got to cash in favors. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll have a lot more. Go back and check out some of our other episodes, too. Who have we had on? We had Nick Swisher on recently. Um, I can't even think of Meredith Morakovic on last time. So, yeah. My boy Randy, who did the Captain Doc. Uh, yeah. They're all on the archive. If you find us at uh, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, you can check out our past episodes, subscribe, review, and all that stuff. It's BXB, Bronx Baseball, along with Keith McPherson. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Thanks to Anthony Recker. I want to get back to Aaron Judge for a minute, Keith, because here's the thing I keep coming back to with Judge talking about, you know, and he's everything Rex said is, is entirely true. He's entitled to this. He's earned this as far as going out and seeing what's out there. That's what's available to you when you have – couple hundred million dollars at stake, you can go take the tour. One of the things that judges talked about in relation to his time as a Yankee is wanting to win a championship, the chance to win a championship. Okay. Now I, I think this kind of gets to like what you and I have discussed too about like what the Yankees version of putting a successful team out there has been is getting to the playoffs is important. Okay. But you can't win a championship if you don't get there, but keep this in mind. There are only six teams, six out of 30, that have made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons the last two years, okay? 2021 and 2022. 
Um, only six teams have made multiple back-to-back appearances. So I name them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the Yankees are one of them, right? Yep. The Yankees have been in the playoffs every year of Judge's career. Okay, well, uh, 2016 was a half a season, but so his full seasons, 2017 on, they've been in the playoffs every year. Okay, um, the Giants in this wild card era, who have won three World Series championships, have been to the playoffs back to back times only once, 2002 and 2003. So if you're talking about this idea, how important it is for you to be, you know, and the Giants have had good players and good teams, you know, this is all counting all Barry Bonds years and everything else, even the years when they won three World Series, they didn't go back-to-back playoff appearances. Um, So if you're talking about this being very important to you, the Yankees still offer you something that the Giants – have not been able to, and few other teams have outside of the Cardinals and the Dodgers and teams like that. Yeah, I, I saw uh, Jock Peterson post Aaron Judge on his Instagram story, and it said, uh, 99 problems, but winning ain't one. And he put two trophies. I guess those two trophies represent his two World Series one with the Braves, one with the Dodgers, who are not the Giants. He hasn't won one with the Giants yet. And the Giants haven't been able to get back to the World Series in a few years. So I didn't really understand that sell. And if Aaron Judge is going to the Giants, he becomes the, like, uh, I guess, like the cornerstone of their rebuild or like the, the big fish that they land as they start to retool and rebuild. I don't think they're a win-now team. They also play in a division with the Dodgers and the Padres. The Padres who just got to the NLCS, the Dodgers who are in it every other year. They got to get through those guys. I think Judge knows that. I think Judge also understands winning a championship in New York will immortalize you and uh, just put you on a different level in New York City sports. And uh, as we talk about kings of New York and legends, Judge has already won. Uh, Him getting the captaincy – and then bringing a championship back to New York, that's got to be in his mind. That's got to be a big goal. But go back to your hometown team that you grew up rooting for. Go see all the inner workings that you would have never been able to see any other way. Uh, go and get the most expensive bottle of wine at dinner with them and like take your time and enjoy yourself. I said on WFAN last night, I hope he goes to see the Dodgers. I don't even care if he wants to stop by the Anaheim Angels and see what they want to throw up. Go do that. That's what you're supposed to do as a free agent. Not many guys get to be a free agent, and almost no guys get to be the level of free agent that Aaron Judge is about to command over $320 million. I would imagine at some point the Giants said, hey, Aaron, would you like to meet Barry Bonds, would you like yeah. to meet Willie Mays? Those are kinds of things that you don't get to do very often. So that was probably worth the trip for him. Um, there, there really isn't any more movement here with Judge, and it's still kind of early. The winter meetings are still a couple of weeks away. Even he indicated this last week that that's usually when things happen. Um, the Yankees have put forth another offer. Uh, I don't know if it's going to get to the point where we're talking. I mean, we're almost certainly talking about eight years to sign Aaron Judge at this point. Does it go beyond that? The Yankees had to push for a ninth year to get Garrett Cole. They were trying to lure him from somewhere else, um, you know, and he was a little bit younger, different situation. We'll see where that goes. There's still some time here. Uh, there's another name that's out there that's kind of interesting to me, Keith. 
Um, you know, the non-tenders came out, didn't affect the Yankees at all. You know, they, they saw, uh, they're bringing back all their arm guys, which, you know, um, this point last year, Gary Sanchez is one. They ended up trading him. So Glaber Torres is kind of still in the same boat. You have him under contract. He's arm eligible. But, you know, could you move him? Yeah, potentially, depending on the deal. But the Dodgers let Cody Bellinger go. Here's a guy who, in his first three years, was people, Yankee bench screaming, why can't we get players like Cody Bellinger, right? The last <laughs> three years, people are like, oh, I don't think I want to touch this guy. But now he's available. Left-handed bat, former MVP. You know the potential there. A lot of strikeouts, and the swing just seems to have disappeared the last couple of years. But if you think there's something you can fix, you've seen it before. Is this a guy that, you know, if you're talking about, we're talking about left field, right, as a possibility. Um, is this a guy you'd have some interest in? Of course, of course. His dad hit a homer in Yankee Stadium that I have in my mind. Because I remember when Cody came up and they were talking about him playing in the Little League World Series. I'm like, Bellinger, oh, yeah. So maybe he wants to live out the dream of doing what his dad did. Matt Carpenter burst on the scene last year as this lefty bat. I see Bellinger kind of being like that. Maybe if he's interested in that. I don't see him as an everyday player. It's crazy to think that, uh, you know, he was on the scene when Judge came on the scene and people were comparing who was the better player. Uh, MVPs, it was uh, Belly versus Yelly, uh, you know, versus Christian Yelich. Major League Baseball is crazy. You're you're hot one year, you're not the next year. And I just spoke on Matt Carpenter. You're in the league, you're out of the league, you're back in the league, you're hot. You get hurt, you come back, you got nothing. And uh, you got to constantly be working on your game. So it depends what Cody Bellinger's trying to do. I I, I look at him as a California guy, though. Uh, yeah. I look at him as a guy that wants to stay out west in L.A. or Anaheim or San Diego or something like that. Maybe he's raised in Arizona. His dad, Clay Bellinger, played for the Yankees on championship teams, was on the first team that I covered in 2001. I think I met little, uh, you know, Clay Bellinger, a little uh, uh, Cody Bellinger at some point in the spring training. Um, but it's it's an interesting idea just because you said, listen, lefty bats are going to play again, right? If the shift disappears and it's, you know, the, the shift the shift in its current form disappears, there's still some version of it, you know, like I think. I don't think it's – it's. Um, I think, I think people find ways to play around with it. It's not going to be as dramatic as we think. Um, but a lefty bat, uh, I'd be surprised if he signed somewhere for the Carpenter kind of role. I think there's enough interest out there that right. you know, teams will take a chance on a guy who you give him 500 bats, he has a chance to give you 30, 40 home runs. Um, I just wonder if that's a fit for the Yankees. It's probably only – like if they – you know, if they bring Judge back, they can tinker with other parts of the lineup a little bit. Uh, they don't have to replace his production. I, you know, you know what I'm saying. So, um, I think it's interesting. He's got the history, family history with the Yankees. He's, you know, it seems like he's a lifetime removed from his great seasons, but that's in there. You know, you don't guys who win Rookie of the Year and MVP. Um, in their first couple of years in the league. I mean, you're talking about Ryan Howard and, um, you know, Cal Ripken kind of guys. These are superstar players. And Bellinger fell off the map. Um, the, if there's a chance to recover it somewhere, I'm sure the Yankees are digging into it and trying to figure out if it makes sense. He's clutch, too. Can't take that away from him. He had big moments for these Dodgers teams in the World Series. Uh, and even, you know, um, the last few years as, as they've made runs, Cody Bellinger always had a big hit a big moment in October. So he's got that clutch gene in him too. But like you said, I don't expect him to come to the Yankees as a part-time guy, as a bench guy, as a guy that is only going to play in case someone gets hurt. 
he wants to probably be a starter somewhere. He could go do that for the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll see where that goes. The Yankees have a lot of things to do. They have a lot of holes to fill, you know, um, and we talked about pitching. I think we have time to get into that a little bit more uh, as we get going, because that's part of the longer uh, the, the longer play, I think, over the course of the winter, because trade targets are always something that Brian Cashman looks for, too. And we'll see how that plays out. I want to bring uh, our producer Ryan Chichester in for this one last segment here, um, because I think a lot of times that, you know, this is the time of year as we reach Thanksgiving, people are like, oh, what are you thankful for? What are you thankful? Listen, we're all thankful for good health, for family and all that stuff. Right. But as Yankee, if if you're a Yankees fan, I know it's been a long time since you say, oh, you know what? I'm thankful for this because, you know, haven't won a World Series since 2009. I get that about you, Keith. I understand that. So I want to ask both of you guys, Ryan and Keith, I've got my own answer. Ah, forget about what you're thankful for, okay? 2009 was the last time you were really thankful. I know you. What's a do-over? In your lifetime as a Yankee fan, I want to know, give me a give me a year. Give me a year where you said, this is the do-over that I want. I would I want to run this back so I can get a better result. Keith, I'll start with you. 2004. Honestly, I've had this question asked, and I've thought about it, and I've thought maybe 2001. I've thought even recently, like 2017 and 2019, because I think they had buzzers and trash cans, but really it's 2004. Uh, If 2004 doesn't happen, maybe, you know, COVID never hits. Maybe we do have flying cars. Maybe Elon Musk never buys Twitter. (laughs) I just feel like that was a butterfly effect. The curse was broken. Uh, I'll never get over that. I, I tell people all the time, I think I was a sophomore in high school. That was when I like grew up. That's when Santa Claus wasn't real anymore. That was when I was like, wow, they actually blew a 3-0 lead to Boston. And then I'm like, I remember being young thinking the curse was forever. Like Boston would never win anything because that's just what you learn young. And uh, yeah, 2004 for me, uh, if we could redo that year, even we just saw Jeter on set. With uh, Big Poppy Ortiz, he's trying to take his ring yeah. off his finger. Jeter's like, that one yeah. should have been ours. I-, I wish there was a way to redo at least one of those four games that they lost. And then, you know, the, the 2022 Yankees would have never been able to use that as motivational film. <laughs> yeah, 2004 for me. Ryan, what do you got? What's your do-over? Uh, yeah, well, 2004 is the obvious answer. That should be unanimous. That was the year when... I know my mental state of, oh, the Yankees are going to find a way to win completely left. And it was, how are they going to find a way to lose? Um, a lot of people might say 2001, but if you do that over, you lose the flip play. You might lose Mr. November. You might lose the brocious home run. So I would probably leave 2001 alone, no matter how painful that World Series outcome was. I'll I'll pick an underdog, I guess you could say. I I would love to do 2007 over again. That was such a fun second half of the year where they made that run and got into the playoffs. It seemed like they were fighting for Joe Torrey's job. It seemed like, and I think if you do that over again, maybe the midges take an extra two days to come out and that series changes (laughs) and maybe the Yankees win another world series and in turn, take another world series away from the Red Sox. Maybe that was the year they get their playoff payback. I think that was such a fun run. You had the Jabba rules and that whole craze it was just it was a really fun year. I I would say 2007. I gave some thought to 2017. I honestly don't know if the Yankees could 
win that World Series if they ran it back again. And there was already so many great moments from that postseason that I would like to leave alone. So I'll, I'll say 2007. It's funny, like both of you picked years where the Yankee or where the Red Sox ended up winning the World Series. <laughs> take back two thousand yeah. seven. You're done with all. You're done with all. I <laughs> want them to have nothing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so here's mine, and it's uh, this is this probably isn't one that you guys think about very often, uh, but to me, it's 2012. Okay, I think 2012 is a great Yankees team that ran into the worst sort of problems at the worst time. During the regular season, Mariano Rivera gets injured. In the playoffs, Derek Jeter gets injured, okay? So you're facing the final games of the ALCS without Jeter, without Rivera. But remember what that team was. That was a team that had still probably the last real primetime year of CC Sabathia, pitched a great game to uh, clinch the playoff series against the Orioles before they moved on to face the Tigers in the ALCS. You had the magic of Raul Labanez in that Orioles series, right? Coming off the deck for uh, Raul. Raul, you know, A-Rod had struggled all year, struggled in the playoffs. and um, But this is now, if you get to – the Yankees were trying to win that series without Jeter and Rivera, right? Um, and it just seemed like it was never going to happen. They get swept out by the Tigers, who then get swept out by the Giants. But that 2012 team was really good. Sabathia, last great year of his prime. Hiroki Kuroda was ferocious in that rotation. Loved him. If you get, you know, if if Mariano Rivera isn't shagging flies in Kansas City that day and tearing up his knee, if he's in that bullpen, if Derek Jeter's ankle holds up, remember, he was a top 10 MVP candidate that year. He was, it was a 200 hit season, the last great year of Jeter's career. You're talking about another ring for those guys. You're talking about a second ring for guys like A-Rod, Teixeira, uh, Sabathia, uh, a ring for Granderson, a second ring for Swisher. Um, you know, there were, Russell Martin was on that team. Uh, there are some guys who played really well for the Yankees, and I felt like that was a team that really was set up well going into that postseason. And then Jeter breaks his ankle. They lose that game. Cano had a phenomenal year, a year before. He had one year left before free agency. That's just That was just a really, really good team, I thought, and, and at the worst possible time, as we've seen happen a couple of times in Octobers, it just kind of fell apart. So that's my do-over. That's a great one, Sweeney. Last night we were talking about Adoree Jackson from the Giants and how he's been uh, – well, he's hurt now, but he was shagging um, punts Yeah, and got hurt you know, trying to be a punt returner. And then somehow it got to, you know, you need that guy. Mariano Rivera can't be shagging fly balls. You need that guy. And then I'm, I'm obviously wearing Jeter stuff. It hurt to see Jeter go down. It was funny to hear, hear his daughter say, I don't want to go on the field at Yankee Stadium. You <laughs> broke your leg there. <laughs> 2012 was a great year. I still remember exactly where I watched all of those games. I had just graduated college. My wife hadn't graduated college. So we, well, you know, we would all still kind of drink and party at, at her college house. And I just remember everybody jumping off the couch with Raul Ibanez and, you know, a young Manny Machado and Adam Jones and those Orioles with Buckshaw Walter. Yeah. yeah, that's a season like that's one of those seasons that you could forget. But if you could redo it, who knows what could have been? That's, you know, and then you're talking about 2009, 2012. Um, it gives a whole new perspective to, to those to those teams right there because they they made after 09, they made the ALCS twice, but didn't win either time, losing to Texas once and then losing that one to the Tigers. 
And then things kind of fell apart after that. They missed the playoffs a couple of times. You saw the end of Mariano's career. You saw the end of Jeter's career. And, you know, you had to, tra- and then you ended up transitioning to baby bombers. I mean, that was, that was really the end of that Yankee run. You know, we talk about 2009, the, the Yankee run pretty much ends when Jeter breaks his ankle. After yep. that, it doesn't really pick up your, you don't really pick yourself up off the deck again until 2017 and the magical run after going down two games against Cleveland. That's when everything kind of picks up again. Everything in between is kind of muddled because of how the age of the roster and kind of trying to fill in the pieces. So 2012 has always been kind of that year that sticks out to me. Yeah. Imagine someone told you in 2012, fast forward 10 years and Max Scherzer will be a Met. He'll be making 43 million. Justin Verlander will be 40 coming back from Tommy John. He's going to win the Cy Young and Rick Porcello is going to be out of baseball. <laughs> Remember that, yeah, that Tigers rotation? rotation? Absolutely. And and they didn't, you know, they didn't win either. You know, they got wiped out by the Giants who, you know, um, and we've talked about them. They were a good team. Could the Yankees have taken them? Listen, you had, you had Sabathia, Corota, and Andy Pettit came back middle of that season, mm-hmm. uh, right for the postseason. He wasn't quite himself. but And the other part about that, the other injury that I forgot, Jabba Chamberlain and Tommy John the year before had just come back uh, in the middle of 2012. So, like, he's a part of that, you know, all the all these injury factors and guys that uh, you kind of wish were healthy for the full run. I think that's part of it, too. Um, so, Ryan's got 2007. You've got 2004. i got 2012. Hey, um, you, know, fun, you know, when we tweet this out, uh, when we tweet out the link – Reply to the uh, the tweets and tell us what your do-over is because we know that you want only want to be thankful for a World Series championship. Maybe that'll be coming soon. We don't know. Uh, you probably want to be will be thankful if Aaron Judge resigns. That's not coming soon. Let's see if that happens before we reconvene again. And hopefully we'll have a couple more uh, fun guests to talk to you about it uh, along the way as Judge's free agency really starts to kick into gear and we head into December first and winter meetings and when we really start to get nervous about who's going where uh keith ryan enjoy your thanksgiving thanks for uh we've got what three months down now with this and uh, we're going to keep on going so uh everybody have a great thanksgiving ryan and keith anything else you want to say no happy thanksgiving guys yep happy thanksgiving All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We're BXB from Odyssey and WFAN, available where you get your podcasts. Subscribe, review, download, all that fun stuff for free. And we'll see you next time. Happy Thanksgiving.